Oh, this episode of Cinema Swirl was brought to you with the support of our backers over at patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. And right now, for $5 backers, you can listen to our review of the sequel to this film, 2010, The Year We Make Contact, plus 50 other episodes of Cinema Swirl, our exclusive monthly bonus Patreon-exclusive show where we review bad movies, are available right now as soon as you sign up. If you want to find out more, head on over to patreon.com forward slash cinemaswirl. Right. Let's get swirling. Cinema Swirl! Have you ever wondered before? It's episode number 104, coming to you from the knee of the grandpa that is Hollywood, California. Uh, it's me, your old pal, Captain Kevin, joined as I am always by my OTP, Mr. Sam Chaplin. How are you doing today, sir? I'm very well, and I have wondered before. I've wondered have about you? all these movies that I haven't seen and what might be in those movies. I have wondered. That was a really nice one, that one. Have you ever wondered There was before? a twinkle in my eye. I don't yeah. know if you noticed that. And for those of you going, wow, Kevin, that's interesting. That must have been quite like a grandfatherly kind of expression of, of love. Again, I never, never met a grandfather. If you had seen previous uh, episodes yeah. where that's been mentioned, still no grandfather. He's not like come back from the dead or anything no. like that. But So you're just kind of guessing. You're kind of just grasping in the air, trying to find some kind of reference point here for grandfather. I, I don't like how easy it is. I feel like, I could, like some imposter could come up now and be like, I'm your grandfather. Dad, Kevin, I'd, I'd take him at his word, even though I know it couldn't be. Yeah, I mean, you could get a grandfather clock, and that's you know close enough, isn't it? That's you could, a way you could have a grandfather. A broken grandfather clock is right twice a day. Uh, <laughs> unlike my grandfather, who's always wrong. Bloody grandfather, Sam. Uh, yes. Today we've got a tall order mm. because we're not just we look at the stars of Hollywood. I'm talking about the stars of Outer Space, a.k.a. sci-fi epic masterpiece, 2001 bracket space odyssey, comma, ah. Yes. Comma, ah? Space Odyssey. A Space Odyssey. Oh, right. right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If, we're, if, if, if we're putting it on the shelf, <laughs> ah, I'm not putting it at A. Ah! <laughs> Spoilers, there may be a little moment like that. Okay. What, if anything, do you know about this, the 2001st movie of Stanley Kubrick. Well, I've not seen, uh, you know, Space Odyssey 1 since... Uh, oh, but they're always going on to pretend that the Space Odyssey 1955 was way better than it actually was. <laughs> You're just romanticising it. So, here's what I know. I feel like I know quite a bit about this. And it, it feels like something Ooh. I maybe should have seen. All of these are that, but, you know. I feel like someone hasn't paid attention to the curriculum in one or, or many subjects you would have taken across GCSE yeah. A-level. Or, you know, that you would have seen that some point surely no so i know it's kubrick and i've Mm. i've liked kubrick both on and off swirl on swirl we had shining what else we had a full metal jackies as well which i believe you're a fan of as well both of those and i have previously seen a clockwork orange way too early in my life but I, uh, I did. I've seen it a couple of times. You know what? It's never too young, though, to learn that us <laughs> British mix in with everyone is what I've been hearing some of you saying. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of par for the course, isn't it? Yeah, it's the British way of just getting stuck in, you know. And that's that's what that film was about. That's what I took away from it. Sleeves up, elbows on the table. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I've seen those. I'm a fan of Kubrick's work. I know that this is space, obviously. Uh, space, obviously. I know that it's that. And I know a few things. Mostly I know things from like 
The Simpsons. Yeah, this is a heavily referenced yeah. one. In, it's like, like Kubrick and The Simpsons, I, I guess, which mm. is what we've learned throughout this. But any particular gags or bits? I mean, because there's a lot, there's visuals and there's audio kind of cues from this that are yeah. seen throughout media. Okay, there's some monkeys, all right? Monkeys? Yeah, apes, monkeys. And they're just like, there's a bit at the start where it's got the... And there's, you know, the whole squad of monkeys... Uh, supporting their team. And you know what as well? There's the 12th monkey on the pitch, isn't there? Yeah. <laughs> Which is Stanley Kubrick. Yes. Uh, he, was, he was there willing them on. Let's get Chant going. Come on, lads. He's a kind of player-manager figure, which is really important. But um, <laughs> So <laughs> there's these monkeys, and they're, like, gathering around, and they see, like, a big rectangle, and they're like, ah, oh, and then that, but that's it. They're like, so the monkeys gather around a big, like, plinth thing. Plinth. Yeah. Okay. It's like the people of Nottingham around those ordering plinths at McDonald's at like one in the morning and they're just like touching it and trying to figure out what it does and Yeah. So there's a there's a monkey bit and that's been like yeah. parodied and referenced loads and always with the music as well. That's like a big part of it. What is the monkey bit though? Like what do you understand that to be? It's just monkey business. Like, it's just like classic monkey we, business. I know we've done Planet of the Apes, so you may yeah. be approaching this with some trepidation. Mm. But like, are we going to follow these monkeys on their adventure, on their journeys? Are these uh, symbolic monkeys, for lack of a better term? I don't think they're the main characters. Is what okay. I'm going to say. I don't think this is just this is like just monkeys. I don't think it's that. So you believe this may just be a simple vignette of monkeys? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't put it past Kubrick to do a monkey vignette. You know, classic Kubrick. Classic huh? Kubrick. And you just thought you solved the Rubik's cube, which the Kubrick's Rube is you now. You've been made a fool of by that very smart director. So I know there's that. I think there's a bit where Homer Simpson floats around in space and eats crisps. I think there's that. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of know a bit of the kind of visual look of it. But that, that was a big part of Kubrick's work, you yeah. know, was that he, you know, he kind of pioneered things like Homer Simpson decades <laughs> before. Before Groening was even in short pants, you yeah. know? There's, I know there's like a kind of retro-futurist thing going on with this. Lots yeah. of like octagons and shapes and lights and things. So it's going to be a different sci-fi that we're presented and say when we looked at Alien or Aliens. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's that kind of like gross looking shit you know that kind it's of basically fucking... space but it's had a wash yeah 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 clean space you know minimalist yeah. parents cool. come around the weekend space you know make sure yeah, yeah. all the space looks nice yeah the space skirting boards have been dusted uh, i think that's important and i know there's a character thing who is sort of a, a all-seeing like it like a amazon personal assistant because people get annoyed when i say the thing okay Oh, but I no, Sam. I've got my one trained so response to me saying, "Hey, Amazon personal assistant, <laughs> stop, cancel." God. Hey, Amazon personal assistant, order toilet paper. <laughs> no, you've ordered two thousand and one okay. Space Odyssey. Order two thousand and one rolls of toilet paper. Um, right. Oh, no. sorry. So there's there's a thing that's like that. The only Odyssey will be me trying to find their frankly difficult to navigate customer service oh. side. There yeah. you go. Just when you, if you think we're in the pocket of any big corporation, there comes the fucking Molotov cocktail. Oh no, the gorillas are in the streets. That's right. Yes. Warfare against the corporations. Yeah. Fuck them. And, right. And you know what? I'll bang the drum again. 
Where's the subtitles on like 40% of your movies, Amazon? Huh? We've been over this before, but it always tricks me. And it's like, oh, there's two options. And those are... Fucking you. No subtitles or off. And it's like, that, well, that's, <laughs> that doesn't help me. They're really bad with that, Amazon. And kind of yeah. just Amazon. Like Disney and Netflix and some of the others are great with it. It's like everyone else in the old media landscape has figured yeah. out that sometimes podcasters need to take notes and write down what people said. Yes. Or they want to know how a sound effect was described in a funny way. <laughs> gargling yeah, noises or something like that. Gargling noises. <laughs> right, but there's a character, there's a thing that is like mm. that. Right. But it's sort of, it's like a red circle and it's a bit creepy. And I think Pierce Brosnan was oh. that in The Simpsons Gee, and was like, like perving on Mars. You know, this, this happened with Citizen Kane as well, I yeah. think, where it's like, you know, if you had to do a book report on this, you could pretty you much probably, fucking lag your way through it at this rate now. But then I don't know what the connecting thing is between some monkeys and a plinth. Yeah. Homer Simpson eating some crisps in zero gravity. Some nice stylized sets and an Amazon personal assistant that is red and naughty. I think it's naughty. That may or may not have a Navin accent. Yes, yeah. I don't know if Pierce is reprising his role. From the- <laughs> and of course, he was younger then, so he still had the bit yeah. of Navin to his voice, you know, so you could pick it up yes. still. I think that thing's called Hal. Hal? And now, are you sure these are all from the same movie? Are you sure? Mm. Is that like a second movie that this, some of these could be from? Or? 2002. Uh, I think they are. I think they are. But maybe the monkeys is not this. No, I think the monkeys is this. The monkeys is this. And there's going to be space bits. I know quite a bit about this, I feel like. I feel like I know some stuff. Do you know if you'll enjoy it? Like, because sci-fi can... I feel that's such a shit genre name because it really doesn't Mm. prepare you. At least in comedy, you know, you're game for a giggle. But sci-fi, there could be wonder, but there could be, you know, shock, hard hard (laughs) sci-fi bleakness. Yes. You know, I didn't, do you, are we going for the grandeur and the majesty of space, or are we going for the bleakness and the emptiness of the inky black void? Well, I mean, Kubrick's works that we have looked at have not been... They've been more associated with a kind of dread and malaise and fear, you know? Oh, well, you see space boot camp. Fucking hell. <laughs> so I'm not necessarily expecting a kind of adventure, a fun like a fun adventure. Okay. But a, Right, so there's, there's two factors here in terms of whether I think I'll enjoy this. The one is that in terms of track records, I feel like Kubrick yeah. has done pretty well with me. Very well. People love this film. I, I mean, do you love this film? I adore this. Okay. But that being yeah. said, I've only seen this, I think, twice. Mm. And I was a late, I was a latecomer to it as well. I think the first time I saw this, I would have been maybe like 18, maybe 19. I remember just it was on telly and my dad was like, you know, while I was walking into the living room my dad was there and he was like oh and he like pointed at it like look look what's starting it's a big movie yeah and we just sat down and we watched it and it was very very i mean uh, it was one of the things where immediately it's like i always had it in my head that it was a very important movie that should mm. be treated with respect and all that and then i watched it and i was like all right i get that immediately very much so yeah. but i've only watched it one other time and mm. i think like i must say i'm pretty excited to see it because it'll probably be the first time i've seen it on like you know decent 
quality because like I was watching that on like old tube TV right. back way back when. So I've got you know professional podcasting. Uh, <laughs> uh, I have to watch it for my job telly. So yeah. so I'm gonna turn upscaling on, guys. Uh, all right, okay. We're doing it. <laughs> we're putting on all this HDR plus. Uh, we're gonna run it through the PS4 Pro as well to see if that makes any difference. <laughs> uh, I can say with confidence that that's what Stanley Kubrick would have wanted because he's ne- he was exactly. never fussy about that sort of stuff. Like he was just like. Get, guys go with your gut just do what you want right so the two factors are you like it people yeah. like it Kubrick has done well with me I'm feeling pretty confident that I'll like it the other factor is this you touched on it a bit when you said big movie I think it is also a big movie in terms of length it's a longer one yeah but I feel that this is one of these movies that has like kind of a tractor beam effect right where you get drawn into it you know like mm. some folks just love tractors like the Faster the Farmers on BBC yes. they love tractors and they're really drawn into it so it's, yeah, it's yeah. like that like a, like a beam a of beam tractors a beam of tractors yeah yeah so I okay. think I think this might be one that dare I say whisper it you may not notice that length as much okay i think it might lasso you and mm. you, you might be dragged in so i would say this is one of those kind of full attention type of movies and actually you're not going to switch your brain off but i would say let the movie put its hat on your brain <laughs> okay you know what i mean yeah weirdly yeah. i know exactly what you mean but um <laughs> and i'm excited to do that because I don't typically wear hats, but um, I think <laughs> this will be a fun opportunity. Yeah, I'm going in, like, excited and, and confident about this. And this was one that, like, has been on the the little list for years. Yeah. And I think it just seemed like the time was right to just, oh, yeah, let's go for that. No more fun in games is what we're saying. We've been, yeah. all this light, frothy nonsense. Patrick Swayze dancing around in the afterlife. No, no, no. Time to eat your hard sci-fi vegetables. Here's a fucking big one. Here you go. So I'm excited about this for a hundred fourth episode and for the hundred and fourth episode i've told you for the hundred and fourth time i don't want to hear any more about the pepsi nitro controversy but guess what oh no i've been backed into a corner a controversy corner where there is only seemingly more pepsi swirl Yes, well, so welcome to the Controversy Corner and Pepsi Swirl. Play the music. I don't think there's any Controversy Corner music, but I did think about <laughs> writing some. Right, play the... Ooh. Pepsi, Pepsi Swirl. Here we get <laughs> Quite aggressive music. There we go. <laughs> okay, welcome to Pepsi Swirl. Now, last time, there was some controversy. And I felt backed into a corner by the small bubbles versus flat Coke debate. We we both drank, and thanks to Eric who sent this in, some Nitro Pepsi, which is sort of nitrogen-infused cola, so it's got smaller bubbles for a smoother taste. So implying that if we open the can as per the directions, the directions as stated in the last episode are chill can pour hard admire and enjoy yeah we follow these instructions to the t last go round. yes and i got an immediately flat cola yes that as now, in it went and then five seconds there was nothing pure blankness and this this lived experience mm. also known as my own truth has been <laughs> disputed by literally every Tom, Dick, and Harry's had to go at saying yeah. that what I said was somehow wrong and I didn't actually experience a flat cola. Come on now. Well, they've said that that's what it is meant to be like, 
Is that I th- I felt that that's the feedback that you got. Oh, that- okay, that's fair. We have we have some people who've who've said that it is in fact a very tiny bubble, so tiny it's almost not a bubble at all. Yes, and that has led to the belief that what I described as flat is in fact a very tinily carbonated beverage. Is that what they're saying? Yeah. I think a small amount of carbonation. Smaller, well, the smaller bubbles, so therefore it's going to be flatter because it's not as bumpy. You know. Now this debate has not only raged on in our comments section. Oh my god! But as of the last couple of weeks, I have been shown some TikToks, despite being in my thirties, and they're whoa, yeah. And Sam, just so we know as well, we're not the only people who have experienced this where they've had the cold and like, oh, it's it's just it's flat or not very fizzy at all. There are folks yes. out there on the world wide web who maintain that it's a flat cola that they're getting. Well, I've seen two videos. One gentleman, and it is usually gentlemen, <laughs> was drinking this drink. <laughs> he was reacting, and and we love reactions. We do a podcast about films. We love people reacting to things. I would rather though if we had a hard cut of cinema where it was just the reactions yeah yeah you know get rid of all the other bits just the reactions if you're (laughs) on a 15 minute pod it'd go down smooth like a can allegedly of carbonated beverage look i mean i've wanted to upload a video on youtube entitled sam chaplin rant compilation but i've decided against it on many (laughs) occasions look so the first gentleman was saying that he drank this nitro pepsi and the first thing he did wrong apparently was he drank it straight out of the can which we oh, read not to do. Oh, he did poor hard, yeah. Sam. Yeah, fell at the first hurdle. But he, his argument was, this is just flat coke. This is flat coke. It's bullshit. And then a, a, a second gentleman reacted to say, okay, what you need to do is as soon as you pop this, as soon as you open it, then you do the hard pour. Like, no, no hesitation. And we, on our show, were like, oh, that's a nice noise. Let's wait a few oh, minutes to talk about it. Straight away. Are we going in? So we were having fun with the sounds, you know, and we were enjoying the moment and we were admiring the process. And that's not what you've got to do. The time for talk, Kevin, and I've, I've said this multiple times, is over. It's over. Right? Okay. It's over. The time for talk yeah. is over. I want action and I want to see some action. So what we're going to do is we're going to... I've ex- got a chilled glass this time. It's been iced. Ooh, it's I've iced. a chilled glass. Yeah, so I'm on ice here and I'm going to pour... I've got my three steps, chill can, pour hard, pour hard. take back control. Right. And we're, so, we're, we're ready for this. And this is the vanilla edition. This is the vanilla edition, which originally we were going to just use ourselves for our own recreational purposes. Yes. Including me telling my wife that we would maybe make a nice cocktail out of it. And in the past month, I've had to say, I'm sorry to my wife that that work has called and that this needs to be taken out of a corner and right into the cold light of day. I'm ready. Are you ready? And I would also like to apologise to Kevin's wife about what's happened to him. But, it's all right, you know. Yeah. It's okay. But I think in the long run, we'll all be better off here now. We're going to settle this once and for all, straight through. So you're going to get an open and a taste straight away. Yes, and you've got to do the, the vertical pour hard, okay? Pouring hard. Okay, okay, three. I'm ready. Two, one. Okay, that is fizzed over nearly. Had to stop Mine's my pour. Just come up to the line. I think that's all in there. Okay. Now, I can't right. remember if there's anything about drinking immediately, but I mean, I feel like we, we should. Okay, bottoms up. 
Oh, now there's a lovely creamy head to that. How are you feeling about this time? Oh. Okay, that first sip was more carbonated than any other sip hey. I've had. It doesn't taste very nice, though. I quite like that. That's very vanilla-y. Yeah, but it has that kind of um, mechanically separated vanilla flavor to it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, does, it feels like not vanilla flavor, like vanilla laser has been shot at this. Like, Yeah. However. However, I think I'm getting the same. This head is, is vastly reduced. Once we get past the head and the first sip. Okay, I'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna know what I'm going to do now. Oh. Hang on. I've called my wife into the room to have a second taste. I think this is now mostly flat again. But it's got... It's got a head on it. It has a nice head, but have a taste. Flat or small bubbles? Mmm. I say flat. She says flat. She says flat. Nice. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Do you not like it? Not really. I'll have it. Hey, happy days. I've just had a coffee, though. <laughs> <laughs> we can record another podcast Yay. after this. Great. <laughs> Well, there we wow, go. I think that's a happy ending. It looks like that we have greatly increased efficiency in the Podcrabs <laughs> HQ. And we've got a drink with someone who enjoys it. So I'd give that a five glug rate. And if I'm honest, that's worked out very well. All right, yeah. Five glugs. But it is ultimately flat vanilla Coke is what that is. And also, the you know, the, the second tick... TikTok guy. Also, yeah. I'm, I'm slurring my words, I think, because I've had so much caffeine so quick. Yeah, that's a heavy hit, <laughs> isn't it? Ooh. Right. The second TikTok guy was saying, oh, you know, open immediately, pour straight away, all that kind of stuff. But then at the end of his video, he went, but ultimately it's just flat Coke. So even he acknowledged that this is meant to sort of taste flat, but I don't, I right. like it. It is flat tasting. And yes. I would say this can, compared to the first can, the first can was just straight flat. That was flat tasting, but I could see the argument of the small bubbles. Okay, so a little bit of redemption. It had a light carbonation to it, which yeah, did yeah. produce a smooth mouth feel. But for me, I didn't actually really enjoy that that taste that much. But Joe thought it was nice, so I'm happy. Honestly, that I'm happy with that. I've got so much in my fridge back in these last two episodes hey. of Cinema Swirl. You've no idea how happy this is making me. So I think in terms and, of glugs, you're reviewing that. You're reviewing I'm the experience oh, yeah, of getting rid. it's the whole rid. experience, yeah. Sam. Yeah, yeah. It's the whole experience. In terms of a soda, that's a two glug at best. Right, but as an experience... As an experience, five. a five glugger, uh, easily. I'm sticking down the middle with a... A three, you know? Three. And I'm reviewing the cola. So, there you go. It's no Pepsi big is what you're saying, Sam. No. So, now, let's close up Controversy Corner and Pepsi Swirl. It feels like a plinth has been put down between you and me, and that <laughs> plinth is a very large can of soda. And I've only had, like, two sips, and I am fucking vibrating off this chair now. <laughs> yes. Now, I, I just want to briefly, before we, uh, before we get into 2001, open up the mailbag for a second. Yes! This is, this is a quick mailbag. Yeah, thank you. Get in there. If you've got any questions, queries, comments, you can send them in to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Yeah. Send two, because right. with this amount of caffeine, I could read any number of emails. Our question this time comes in from Stephen, who writes the following. Hey, guys, Sam often refers to getting movies from the perfectly legal DVD shop. That is in inverted commas. Now, I'm no dummy. I know what you're doing there. But then sometimes when Sam says the perfectly legal DVD shop, he follows it up with something that makes me think he did actually go to the perfectly legal DVD shop. <laughs> 
I need answers. What's, what's, the, what's the question here? Keep up the great huh? work. I think it's, what do you mean by perfectly legal DVD shop? But also, do you actually go to a DVD shop? And my answer to both of those questions is that in both cases, it is a perfectly legal DVD shop that I go to to get exactly. my perfectly legal DVDs. There can be no doubt or ambiguity. It is a perfectly legal DVD shop that I go to. And if you think, oh, why is Sam saying stuff about it being a DVD shop? It's because it's a DVD shop that I go to and it is perfectly legal. But I understand the curiosity. It is legal and it, it sells DVDs. And some of them are Blu-ray. Perfectly, so. I would argue. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, do, they do a perfect job. They do it great. So I just wanted to clean up any confusion there. It's perfectly legal and it's a DVD shop. What more do you want to know, Steve? Asked and answered. Yeah, done. Get out of the way. I just wanted to answer that one. And I'm, I'm happy with my answer. So, all right. Uh, yes, and now as two men feel the full-on frontal effects of the cerebral cortex drowned in small bubble caffeine, yes. we're now going to go and watch a movie <laughs> that I really think is maybe going to either benefit or greatly suffer from this, this heady brew we've introduced in here. Sam, it's time to go into outer space and do... 2001 Cinema Swirls. Initial good reaction to 2001 Space Odyssey, comma, ah, slash, the. Kevin, for the first time, I'm going to have to postpone the initial gut reaction and instead oh. give you my initial gum reaction. Ah. And I'm not talking hubba bubba because uh, in between... <laughs> <laughs> In between pre-swirl and post-swirl, there's been a few days in which a, a dental emergency has occurred. Yes. And uh, for the first time ever, a lot of firsts on this episode, I have one less tooth than I did when we first started talking about this film. Oh, no, we do yeah. all these Fairweather podcast fans being like, oh, I preferred Sam Chapman when he had the extra <laughs> tooth. Like, you know, more full opinions, full mouth of teeth, yeah. you know, it all, all felt more well-rounded, the whole affair of the Cinema Swirl podcast. Yeah. Now, Sam, I, it would be remiss of me, the man who has spent the greater part of a hundred and some episodes mm. shouting about fizzy drinks vis-a-vis you having them, and then I start joining on the fun. But for uh, some whatever reason, a lot of people might be looking at this situation now and thinking, okay, he drank a controversial soda. Yeah. Then he had a dental emergency that required emergency dental care of the tooth. I drank the controversial soda last episode, but then we had an additional controversial soda. We yeah. had a second dose. And then toothache started toothache worsened toothache became unbearably painful tooth was removed that was the only option oh that and that's the thing because you thought it was just you know poor hard you know enjoy but there were all these other steps afterwards remove tooth <laughs> <Removed> etc <laughs> we should have kept going around the can is what is yes. the problem here now these yeah I'm saying it once and for all. No more information on cylinders. There's simply too much turning involved. <laughs> exactly. I can't be expected to turn the whole way to find all these extra steps. Let's turn in more kerning on a plain piece of A4 paper. Thank you very yes, much. Yes, please. So, it's, look, it's not looking good in this court of law for Pepsi Nitro in terms of whether or not... <laughs> I 
I think we got a case, like. <laughs> Whether or not Nitro Pepsi murdered my tooth. No, no, Sam, it didn't. They're just very, very small teeth is what it is. Oh, it seems okay. like you I haven't got a tooth, tooth now. My still there. It seems like your mouth has gone a bit flat. It's not. Just smaller teeth have replaced it. That's simply all it is. <laughs> Uh, it's been a real awful time since I watched this movie. So I watched the movie, and there was just a little, like, hum of a toothache. Mm. And then things worsened, and I had to reschedule and reschedule, and then tooth gone. And let me tell you, this man over here, my co-host, yeah. to his credit, he says, try not to bang on something, because I'm going to be very emphatic. Okay. Imagine me banging something small in your room now. Not breaking it, just, yeah. you know, causing attention. It, it was adamant literally every day from from toothache tooth extraction yeah but today was going to be, be the day that we were going to do post swirl i have got a long chain of emails that speak to the testament of yeah. the will and the desire of the fighting podcast spirit of sam chapman yes and i know what you're all thinking kevin those would have been wild episodes why did you wait until he was yeah. all healed I'm contractually obligated by law of friend and OTP scripture. Yes. I wasn't going to let that happen. Plus, as well, Sam's on all these crazy medicines now, and that's going to be a whale of a time. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I want a heady brew of various antibiotics and pain medication. What have we got? What's on the docket for medical swirl today, then? Because people want to know if you're in it, like, you know, I'm just having an infused water, all right? So sure. I'm, I'm on the straight and narrow. But over there on the other end... You'll notice how clear the liquid I'm drinking is. I've gone off Pepsi for a while. Okay. But in terms of other substances... I, so I'm, I'm allergic to penicillin, so I had to have a different antibiotic. It ended up swelling my face up, so that would have been another funny, no. part, of the, <laughs> funny part of the episode. No, no, no. Me going, no, no, that was empathy. That yeah. wasn't me going like, oh, no, yes, oh, we missed it. swirl. <laughs> Fuck. Cinema swirl. and all. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I, I'm not sure I can pronounce the name of the antibiotic that I'm on. It's like metrobenedzazole or something. Some weird antibiotic and also cocodamol. Okay. And there's probably some neurofen swilling around. So that's, that's quite, as you said, quite a hedgy brew. Yeah. Quite the cocktail. Uh, how many glugs uh, then? <laughs> out, of, out of five would you give your... Uh, your current prescription. I, I'd want to give them zero out of five because none of them stopped the pain, really. You had one job. Yeah. I didn't even say to stop the pain. We were saying you're going to kill the pain. And look where we are now. Yeah. That's no more dead than I am. I need to contact advertising standards because these were advertised as painkillers, not pain reducers for maybe 20 minutes. It's been a bad it's been a bad few days, folks, but I'm I'm okay. I just figured though it's good for everyone to get this information because it's a Stanley Kubrick movie yeah. and he's nothing if not an important figure mm. in the world of cinema and I think that most big Kubrick heads out there would like to know the medicinal state of any would be film reviewer about yes. to review it because any review that's coming here today folks is going to have a minor asterisk beside it because there was a traumatic oral event that yes. happened between the watching and the reviewing yes and now there's going to be a different traumatic oral event but the different oral where we're, we're talking about a thing now can i just can i just get something out that is literally just for me to show off please is it your new hole no no but uh 
There it is. Whoa! Uh, gross, right? So when I was having the tooth removed, the anaesthetic didn't work. The infection I had was so bad that it just stopped the anaesthetic from working and I could still feel everything. And uh, the dentist yanked my tooth out and I didn't cry. And so if wait. anyone tries to tell you that Sam Chaplin isn't hard as nails, that, wait, no, whoever tells you that is wrong. <laughs> now, d did I cry afterwards? Sure. But did I cry in the dentist's office? No. So there you go. Hard as nails. And, uh, Big tough me boy. and the dentist, we're going out for a brew later on as well, because uh, <laughs> he was impressed at how tough as nails uh, that you are, you know? It was the most I've ever felt like I was living in a jackass skit, you know? that Like, it was really like... Uh, oh, like hey. in Jackass 2, where Bam is like, I hate emergency dental surgery. Like, ah, oh, fucking suck it up, McGarrett. <laughs> Yeah, it's like that one. Yeah. All right. So initial gum reaction out of the way. Initial gut reaction to 2001 A Space Odyssey. Fucking hell, what a movie. Yes, yeah, please. Hey. Wow. <laughs> wow. I've been waiting days to say that. If this was any other movie, mm. having literally five false starts to, to our <laughs> podcast name here, yeah, because there's a lot of time where they say, "Oh, keep the powder dry, Kevin," and I've had to reapply the powder yes. so many times now. You might think I'm a banker in the 1980s. Sure. What, what I'm saying here is, is that every day I got, you know, ready to do it. Yeah. And then it was like, "Oh, it's not gonna uh, happen." And then Joe was like, "It's 2001. You'll be fine." And I'm like, "Yeah," because this movie speaks for itself so on that note sam you're you're rating and we'll be we'll be happy <laughs> yeah done wow incredible to bury the lead fuck me that was a that was an experience um all right give me give me my headline what's the thing that what was the biggest hash that was on your brain during this movie what was the thing about it that maybe gave you that amazing reaction that then manifested itself as a toothache that tried to kill you. I don't know if I can put it into, like, succinct words. So it's not just, like, music or visuals or space or weird. It's the heady brew of all of those together, you know? It's the cocktail mm. of, of medicines here that forms an actual painkiller that killed the pain of bad movies and showed me a very good movie. And Stanley Kubrick would know that if the infection would perhaps counteract the pain-killing yeah. nature of the... He would just know that's how good he is at what he does here. Can we just say, get out of the way, get out of the systems? Ah, the movie came out in the late 60s, and that doesn't for whatever reason mean that it's shit, like it can very often yeah. sometimes. Old shit, it's, oh. it's veering on that, and yet light years away from us. We'll get into the fact that this is somehow old shit, but stands up and looks better than a lot of movies that come out now, which is mad, but impressive and amazing. The length of the movie, was it something that was ominous at any point? Because it's, you know, when you, when you settle in, you know, you've got a big one ahead of you. That can yeah. sometimes send the, the, the chills down the spine. I know it would at the start of the band seemed like they were tuning up because it was going to be a long-ass movie. You know, they were, it was like, <laughs> I'm assuming tuning up is a musician's equivalent of stretching, right? If you yeah, don't do yeah, it, you'll yeah. pull a cord or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> in both cases you don't want to pull a cord uh, yeah at the start there was like slightly too much black screen and I had to check whether something had gone wrong which is a little bit like Darren Brown's Thought Park ride I was like oh <laughs> has this gone wrong is this all part of the experience but it was actually intended yeah a very bold choice straight away the black screen but the, the length of the movie it did intimidate me to begin with but as it went on I was glad of it 
I was glad that this was long. I liked it being long. Let me tell you, I had a, a great old giggle and a titter finding out the names of some of the pieces of classical music that are sure. used and not just calling them Ric Flair entrance theme brackets <laughs> first to WWE 2002. Instead, what I like to see are things like Thus Spake Zarathusa. And I'm like, mm. who composed this? Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> Thus Spake Zarathusa. My wife! <laughs> but uh, Misa enjoyed all of the soundtrack here. And Misa enjoyed clean font of Stanley Kubrick. Yeah. Very nice choice yeah. indeed. Very uh, nice. Let's have all of our CVs in the 2001 font now. From yes, now on. please. And 2001 points big. Just make it massive. Just take it one, one letter per page. All right. So after the black screen with the kind of music that kind of seems to kind of get close and then move away. We've got the, the big fucking... I mean, as far as titles go, kind of incredible. You know, the whole thing with the earth and the moon and the sun all lining up nicely. I know you're a history buff, so I'm sure you were very excited to go back and see this documentary footage of the Dawn of Man, yeah. which is the prequel to Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Yes. And let me tell you, this is something I think that the movie can easily get lost in what happens later on and all the cool visuals and all the, the, the cool architecture and sci-fi masterpiece uh, mm-hmm. arranged. All that beautiful stuff, that's all great. But let me tell you, I like a nice big wide open space. And yeah. I have a big soft spot for when it's clearly on a very big lot in Hollywood. And I just, I love the care and detail. You'll never get this ever again where you have like a masterful combination of like painters and tricks of the eye and lighting and it just looks fucking beautiful. It doesn't look like real, but like it shouldn't. And I yeah. I love how this looks. This is just fucking beautiful. I dig this vibe. Kevin, I'm a Mac user and yet I love a Vista, you know, and these were some... Some real good vistas here. <laughs> Screenshot any one of these and use it as your desktop background and you're going to have a good time. I'll tell you what, Stanley's dander was up in response to the uh, the apes, or monkeys as I called them in the priest but they are Oh, apes. right, so the, the monkey apes here, I was yeah. wondering if it was the, t- the tapers, you know, the lads in costumes, if they were the ones that would have gotten Stanley's dander up because I figured Stanley would see the apes, the monkeys... The ape monkey apes. Yeah. And he'd be like, well, you know, it's basically just a hairy human and, you know, what's to that? Whereas a taper, it's like, oh, four legs. How you doing? My name's... St- oh, it's got a little snow. What's this? Oh. oh. I mean, it could have been that. Good I that. don't know. Yeah. but he I'm sick and tired of monkeys eating shit for taper hijinks. <laughs> I said it before. And I'll say it again. Yeah, I'm sick of it too. So essentially, we start out with some apes having a big old shout and a jump around at each other. You know, the kind of proper ape. <laughs> we're we're doing like, it's kind of like the Bushwhackers theme, but it's like the, the ape kind of pose. Apes get agitated. They put one hand on their head. They put the other one above. And then they yeah. alternate. Oh, and then fun. they jump up and down. Yes. I, it's, it is kind of like, if you let us, this can be scary. This can be really creepy and really weird. Yeah. I don't know, maybe because I share a house with someone who just doesn't like apes, chimps, monkeys. Okay. Some of the smaller ones, maybe. But all right. You have to be empathetic, Sam. You know, realize that these are horrible men in costumes that could be upsetting to some. Well, I love that about it, because obviously nowadays these apes would all be CGI, but there's a real nice 
lads in suit vibes to, to these apes. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a real nice vibe that they're all just monkeying around in the funny suits. And it doesn't look perfect, but it looks good enough. And it, so therefore it's art. It sits in between this weird world of like being like, obviously a lot of time and care has been spent on it, but it's also like the upper limit of like monkey costume. Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> you're not you're not going to smash through that and make something beautiful. You no know? amount of like, cash you can throw at it is going to make it perfect. Exactly. Yeah. And, I, and I, I just, I don't know. There's something as well about the, I mean, if you told me that the people in the costumes were like, yeah, we lived as apes for two weeks to get into character. I'd be like, yeah, probably. Probably, yeah. sure, why not? <laughs> I imagine Stanley would have made you do that because that's what Kubrick is like. Oh, not, not my no. Stanley. <laughs> I was going to say, there's different... If you start talking about Stanley's dander being up, yeah. be like, you know, later on where he has this 20-minute bit about he hates the Republican Party. No, that was a different iteration <laughs> of someone's dander being brought up, not the dog. <laughs> no. Dog. Before the monkey's eyes appears a giant plinth, and yes. on that plinth it says, a better plan. A better future. <laughs> One, a strong economic foundation. Two, higher living standards for working families. Three, an NHS with the time to care. And four, controls an immigrant. Oh. Listeners at home, Kevin wasn't reading that off something. He has memorised Ed Miliband's big plinth. <laughs> memorised. Mate, it's the foundation of the house. <laughs> I saw that and people saw, oh, that's not going to be in government. I thought, well, I see an opportunity for solid foundations yes. is what I see. Solid, <laughs> solid unelectable foundations. I, I love the big black plinth. Would you now, would you bite into it and expect it to be a delicious kind of like Viscount type of biscuit? Mm. Or Viscount for those of you who subscribe to pronouncing things. Uh wrong um like a dark chocolate mint vibe too thick to be an after eight yeah right. it's chunky it's not it's chunky or is it something to be licked like a stick of black i feel like lint? it's almost fudge like but it no but it's too hard and top maybe toffee Ox it's oxidized fudge perhaps. yeah i think if you like screwed four of those together you'd get a ikea Kallax unit and you could store your records in it which is really nice it's got that kind of <laughs> look to it which i that's appreciate that's one of those rare jokes you can make while i can look and look at the thing in a different <laughs> house to you like, yeah very good oh, yeah. very well done and right behind you as well wow, yeah. how about that <laughs> snap da, da, da. and it's got, it's got its own like creepy music accompanying it which i can't really recreate so it's, it's kind of chant like theme to the oh, well, plinth. For, oh, uh, yeah that yeah yeah and there's all the monkeys trying to sing along going, like, no, you're ruining it. Let them spake. So what happened before with the monkeys was they had like a little fight with a rival tribe. Now, when this monolith appears, they all quite rightly, I think, have a little touch on it. But if that appeared in your garden, would you go and have a touch of it? No, what I would do first is I'd ring the council. I said, yeah. Banksy's been at it again. <laughs> get it. Get a skip round. Get out of here. Makes me fucking uh, sick. Just this whole thing was like incredible. The sun and moon over the top of it lining up and then the sudden cut and no music just felt really unsettling. 
Kubrick's good at that, man. He's good at making you sort of feel through editing. Is it making, almost like making you feel stuff out of nowhere because you were describing basically like symmetry and then st- music stopping, you know, and yet yeah. it does seem to have a powerful effect. Ugh. Oh, God. And so now, one of our ape lads, he's messing around with them bones. Oh, and the music, the ba ba ba. It's amazing he got that tune out of a few bones. <laughs> I thought that was. The whole sound effect music debate rages on, but that was an impressive tune he got out of that. He's basically made a little xylophone, which is very sweet. Right, okay, what's happened is man has fucking discovered weapons, dude. Because music is a weapon. Music is a, music is the most powerful weapon, and that's why I listened to Green Day. But, unfortunately, it, as a figurative weapon, great, but as a bludgeoning instrument, it leaves a lot to be desired. Yeah. Even though Green Day were bludgeoning me with those heavy-handed metaphors <laughs> in the American Idiot, am I right, people so i would say in that case if you find yourself in the monkey taper dawn of yeah, man yeah. environment it's got to be a big bone a big hunking bone big you bone. know yeah and i mean these lads are, they're eating well now they're just smashing animals up and just eating the flesh and then they, they head back to their watering hole with their new weapons and it's a little bit like you know the warriors and that you know they just kind of i was i literally yeah. said monkeys bopping <laughs> <laughs> In my they notes just, here, like, they belt the fuck out of the rival gang, scare them off. Let them know they're heavy, well known, you know. I don't know if this resonated with you. It was such a sort of sad, almost childish form of violence. It was really weird, the kind of the hitting that was going on here from the apes. Like they just kind of didn't understand. There's lots the, of hands on heads going, running off. I will say I was upset as well, Sam. That's just because it felt that the tapers had kind of missed out on a crucial evolutionary moment because they didn't go wild for plinth no. that makes me feel that like if you're experiencing FOMO and then tomorrow everyone's developed a cold new method of communication and violence then oh god don't want to be a taper they really missed out and I one other thing I'd like to point out as well is there was a very big bone that was tossed to one side a kind of cylindrical bone yeah and it looked like a controversial shape yes but a, a large cylinder of pork scratching oh and yeah we've all turned into wild apes when those have come out <laughs> da, at the last da, orders da. <laughs> <laughs> um, so our, our lads and you know what i do support them i'm, I'm the 12th man on the pitch they won that fight and it is. Uh, to celebrate they throw the jules remay trophy in the air it's sort of <laughs> they throw the bone in the air spins around and we get what i think is a famous example of a match cut a match cut. A match cut. That's not when they have to stop the game because a, a, a streaker has run onto the pitch. It's when the the thing you see is then cut to something else that's a sort of similar shape or a similar position to kind of match it. And so we cut to this kind of space station thing. Oh, we're in space. And we're in I space. have had a good authority that it is the place. I adore every little facet of the design of the travel experience the mundane stuff like where would you sit and what are the types of chairs and where you would gather what is the anti-gravity situation like it's just you know i feel like anytime we've went back and i guess i feel it's bad that our only other comparison for like old old sci-fi is something like maybe plan nine over on sit in the (laughs) swill But I do love when you can convey the wonder and majesty of, like, future and new technology and all that. 
but you don't get lost in the, it'll be the future, so there'll be no hunger, Billy, because all meals will be on a meal plan, which are made on these small little microchips we just insert into our Disney plinths or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Instead, it's like, it's the future, and these are the shoes that the stewardesses need to wear the to be able shoes. to walk. Because it's it's a circle and it's kind of it's going to be anti gravity. So we've used the geometric marvel, His Majesty the Circle, and here are the shoes. Oh. And like for me, I get lost in that, and I'm like, oh, that's amazing. As opposed to being like beaten over the head with like the future. It's just it feels it feels real for lack of a better term. Yeah. If we get yeah. into space in our lifetime and it's not quite like this. You know, obviously we'll have some wiggle room, but if it's not quite like this, I'm asking for my money back, Jeff Bezos. Yes, if I don't get the special grip shoes and I don't get the kind of 60s retro futurist look of all of this, I will be very sad. And we get the... Yes, um, yeah, all of this just looks fucking fantastic, especially considering when it came out. Um, now, I like the special orbs that the long-haired ladies have to wear so their hair doesn't become an anti-gravity matrix of chaos. Yes. Now, I want to get into one of my interpretations of this film, is that I think it's sort of sexual in a very reproductive sense. Like no, it's not se- it's <laughs> right. Right, that's not sexual as in you're not saying sexy. Not sexy. You're saying sexual as in the act of sexual reproduction. Yes, there are of like using of gametes. You're saying there are shapes and movements and things coming together and just gen- a general vibe. The space station that we see, kind of the shuttle thing that we see, kind of heading along towards the big space station. It yes, that looks a bit, you know. Like, maybe well, you, like know when, you know when your egg. penis just kind of floats off the body and then no, it like no, no, lands I, 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 gently. I, this, this, I'm talking reproduction. I'm talking sperm and egg. I, I ain't talking big willies. Although there's some of that Oh, you got a micro on me here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is like, this, uh, there's a fertility thing to this. And that, come, that definitely comes up later. But I think it's peppered throughout the whole thing. There's like some stuff. And I don't want to sound like a pervert and that all I see no, is sex No, that's fine, stuff. you know. But I think it's there. And I think there's all sorts of weird... Hey, Sam, come on, eggs are my thing. Come on. (laughs) I love that you're at a point with watching movies like this Mm. where you get to have these interpretations that are articulate, (laughs) well-spoken, and yet I can say I've absolutely no no inkling of that whatsoever myself. Look, after this recording, I will send you some screenshots and um, (laughs) we'll, we'll talk about it. But I feel like that's what that's the, that's the fucking Kubrick thing is that it's so thought about and there are like and did you find yourself like with this did you find yourself kind of being like oh what does this mean what does that mean like is this symbolic were you kind of guessing that along the way or was it just like this is the ruminations of a man who's had some tooth pain and time to think about it <laughs> I tried not to for the most part and this is this is a very what's the word patient film like it takes its time yes it doesn't rush and i liked that about it like we're so we're 26 minutes in until we get any dialogue at all 
So I was sort of letting the visuals just kind of wash over me. And if those interpretations came, then I would feel them. But otherwise, I would just appreciate what was happening and just feel it. You were man. wearing the hat, man. You were wearing the hat, <laughs> just like just like we said you would. Yeah. I had great deep observations about this movie. Sure. Such as the cool voice identification passenger information tracking module that they had yep. for all space travelers. I noted that you and Joe probably wouldn't be able to use this. You'd have to go and do a, a different one with a much longer line. Oh, right, yeah, because uh, yeah. of... You didn't think about space when you were voting Brexit. for Brexit, did you? No. Did you? No. Yiz being a generalised British people... I didn't vote who for didn't, it. But... Who, who, di- who didn't think... Yeah, but did you think about space when you didn't vote for it? No. To be fair, I didn't yeah. think about space. I should have been thinking about space. Yeah. And so we've got we've got people. We've got a fella. A fella! Haywood Floyd. You son of a bitch, Haywood. What are you doing here in space of all places? And uh, can I just say the space station lounge with the red bendy chairs? Yes. Fucking beautiful. Wow. You know it took me by surprise that I saw that chair and I go, that looks uncomfortable. But I bet it is, in fact, somewhat comfortable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the confidence I had in the design. Yes. And this fella, he goes into a little Skype pod to make a little FaceTime call to his daughter before her birthday. Now, I was like, well, I mean, the technology looks a bit outdated, but we're talking 2001. So, I mean, at that point, you could barely have a, you know, Skype call and it would sort of work. I think there was some could video. You, could you guess you could? Yeah, I, I think guess. a bit if you were, re- but you'd need good internet and oh, no, fancy technology. Well, I think that's a space fantasy just, that you're having just there. Before. Okay. But I mean, it's fairly, what's the word? Press, prescient? Prescient? It, it predicted some stuff. I think that there I, I there was a period of time where I was like, isn't it funny how all these movies in the, you know, however many years ago predicted that there would be video phone calling and yeah. there is video phone calling, but no one uses it. And then like you see randomly people where it's like, hello, I'm video calling you. I do this all the time with every single phone call. I'm like, yeah. What? I know. Is it, what? It's mind blowing <laughs> when you meet someone like that. It was like, oh, I'm just yeah. gonna- <laughs> There was a comedian who I knew. It was like, when we in Edinburgh, it was like, I'll just go call my mum. And then it was like a FaceTime thing. And that was like the... And I think he just did that with every call for the most I, part. I think it'd be more comfortable if he just took off his skin. Like, how do I make a call home? <laughs> All right, I'm going to listen to some music now without headphones, loudly on my phone, walking down the street. Yeah. I'm a human like you. Really? Are you sure? Absolute madness. Um, also, where are we in space? Are we in like a little motorway services kind of on the way to the I think the moon? so. This seems like yeah. a nice motorway service station yeah. that you would get, you yeah. know? Nothing on the M62 reaches the heights of this place in space, let me tell you right now. No. There is a strange doings afoot, mm. we learn from a conversation with these Russian travellers. Yes. At space station Clavius. Yes. There's, <laughs> there's been a communications issue. And there are rumours, there are rumours that there's rumors? some kind of epidemic outbreak oh, on this sort of space station area. Clavius. Clavius? Clavius. There's, there's an epidemic. Something's happened. I think Clavius is a conclave. Right. <laughs> a conclavius. And he's not at liberty to discuss it. He's like, no, no, I'm not telling you what's going on. And so that's just a little bit of... 
of texture going on here. Oh, what, what's happening? But then, you know what I felt like watching this, actually? And this is niche. But I felt like I was scrolling through Tumblr in fucking 2012 because there were some real aesthetic things coming up on my feed. Like, the, Whoa. there's some design stuff. The designs of these little meal packs that they have yes. on the way are absolutely fucking beautiful. Now, are, oh. are they so beautiful that you could live with having because I mean you're a man of a dental pain so I'm sure you look at this and be like oh look at all the f- fluids that I can have <laughs> that I don't have to chew yes was that it was you just kind of getting greedy broken tooth eyes no. that made you wanted a liquid lunch so I watched this I, you've got to remember I watched this movie with all of my the teeth hum, still intact the hum the hum of a hum of a, uh, yeah. a toothache was all that's just true just a gentle hum but now I'm e- even more hungry for these weird little packets that are so beautifully designed and so detailed and you know what it is Sam it's a simple case again of Hollywood promising and then capitalism not delivering. Yeah. So this is the portion of the podcast where I turn to you, Dairy Lee, and I say, Dairy Lee, when are you going to release the All Liquid Lunchables? I have been waiting my entire childhood now adult life long since past the point where it would be suitable for me to buy lunchables myself and they remain frustratingly solid to yeah. this day where's my fucking space food all right give it to me you could have lunchables soup lunchables consomme lunchables <laughs> broth you know there's lots of, you could put the bone in yourself i want to talk effects you know the upside down walking effect I'm yes. sort of making my fingers go walking in a circle. I have no idea, practically, how that was done. And you know what? I've decided I don't need to know. I don't need to know how that was done. I just want to appreciate oh, the majesty oh, of cinema. I had just purchased the ghost of Stanley Kubrick <laughs> off of eBay, but no, no, it's fine. Get back it's in fine. your box. I don't know. Give him a fucking... Give him a sausage roll or something. I don't know. <laughs> Jesus. God. But just so good. And again, it's that... Pay, it's that... in. Almost indulgent, but not approach of just like, I just want to show off how great this effect is and let you enjoy watching it fully. You imagine like, most of the movies that we have done on this on this podcast. Yeah. It's, it, not throwing shade here, it's just there's a certain no, no. confidence about this movie. But like, can you imagine if like Dumb and Dumber or something like that tried to like, let's take a full four minutes to show you this one nice, long, pleasing shot yeah, but- of Harry and Floyd blinding someone or whatever it is this film is almost like meditative it just like yes it's just it it washes over you and that's kind of the point you can nap during this at certain points yeah the first act the first act is having you fully awake but there are points you could have a doze but that moment of me seeing that effect and think wow that's amazing i almost don't want to know how that happened much like watching a magic show you know you don't want to peek behind the curtain but it just feels like you've watched something magic i i peek behind the curtain before the magic show it's just magicians okay (laughs) but I, i also have my first big laugh of, uh, of this film was Hayward Floyd staring intently at the zero gravity toilet instructions. That- yeah, I mean, it's, you know, you laugh, Sam, but if you were yeah. in a situation, you'd want to give it pause. Oh, yeah. Am I entirely liquid? I don't know. I'd, I'd have to probably keep my powder dry in that case. I'm not <laughs> sure. Because I'd be like, I don't know. I don't know. It's, yeah. it's your guess is as good as mine. If it's, if I'm assuming we're following the principle that it must be all liquid that you're taking in, ergo, I'm not allowed to leave any solids <laughs> behind me. It feels like there's kind of a negotiated agreement here. Like uh, Maybe that's why I can get my visitors to my house to stop doing big smelly shites. Yeah. I'll just give them all liquids and be like, well, you know, wink, nod, 
Do you see what I'm suggesting here? Yeah. Piss it all out. Read the instructions. Read the instructions on your Lunchables. In my notes here, and I just, I already started saying it, but I just love how generous this film is with the visuals. Like, Stanley Kubrick mm. knows how beautiful this is and almost kind of relaxing at points it is so we, we're just allowed to kind of hang out in these moments and spaces and just enjoy them it doesn't quite feel sometimes like a narrative movie it no i mean yeah. there is a, a book that came out at the same time i think the, right. the co-writing credit on this is shared with a guy who actually wrote a novel of it okay I, I'm, I'm trying to find, get to the bottom of it really but it seems like there's a bit of like like what mark frost and david lynch where it's like there's the auteur director guy and then there's the kind of the grubby writer behind the scenes who's like trying to make sure everything makes sense and no sure. one wants to really hear from him. But he said in interviews that the story of the movie, you could, you know, or the story of the book even, you could say that he's as much a co-author, Stanley Kubrick as well, because it was kind of a very collaborative right. thing. But there are those naysayers out there who believe that this is just a very long about way for him to sell books. Right, yeah, 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 sure. Being be like, oh, you want the real story, you better read my book that, surprisingly, not as successful as one of the most successful movies of all time. But no. there you go. But now I'm kind of curious about the book now, just to kind of... Check it out. Jeez, that'd be a Patreon review tier, wouldn't it? We reviewed the novelizations of certain... <laughs> I'm, I'm not against I mean, it. I have read the Batman and Robin novelization already. Okay. I will say I, I could hit the ground running in that respect, Sam. So, yeah. I'm not ruling it out. So, Dr. Floyd, he's giving a little speech at a meeting on the moon, lads. And again, like, moon it, meeting. it is kind of like a little bit indulgent we kind of see the you know when like a teams meeting is set up or like a zoom meeting and it takes a while and people kind of filter in and you know you let people in through the waiting room there's a bit of that there's like admin going on and pressing yes. all the buttons to get it all sorted feels like lived in as opposed to we're on a sci-fi base in the sci-fi movie it's like well no they're fucking working at their job on yeah. the base which is maybe it's all covert government stuff going on so there's going to be paperwork it maybe makes it more immersive and I, do, I, look, I don't want to compare this to video games in any way but a little bit more like that that you're kind of in the moment for longer than you would be for like an action packed jam packed movie and you get to exist oh, in the that's space right. Skate never had a moon <laughs> level that was Tony Hawk's wasn't it yeah mm. But uh, maybe Skate 4, we'll see. Um, there's been a big, significant discovery, and that epidemic thing, that was all the fucking cover story, man. Just like our epidemic, am I right? <laughs> no. Baloney. No, Sam. <laughs> Absolutely I've, I've, not. I've been taking too many drugs, and I'm saying it. It was all a lie. No. I'll send you now to the moon in a minute, <laughs> if you're not careful. And so the, the, there's a discovery. We're going to go and fucking look at it. But here's the big discovery for me. They've got fucking ham and chicken sandwiches on their little moon bus. It's the future, and sandwiches come crustless. That's mm. right. It's the dystopian nightmare that you dreamed up when you were six years old. Ugh. I needed to ask you, yeah. when you were a young boy, were you part of the anti-crust nah, brigade? Fucking love crust, mate. You're always full crust. Always full crust. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Here's some things I didn't like as a kid, weirdly. Fizzy drinks, which explains a yeah. lot. And pizza, which also explains a lot. What? Yeah, I know. Why are you like I a know. Ninja Turtle villain or something but like then that? When I was like <laughs> nine or ten, I was like, "Oh wait, these things are fucking incredible!" And then yeah. you know, the rest is history. But uh, I was there you go. But crust, I always, I, I liked the crust on bread. You know, like the the last slice. 
either on either end. Oh, I, I am. I'm full. I'm a full crusty now. Yeah, to be yeah. honest, but back when I was a boy, you, you couldn't make me eat crust for for oh, a loaf wow. of money. I was absolutely not having any of it. Mm. I remember thinking that maybe this was a, a strange thing until Pizza Hut did a special. Um, oh, they had they a, a crustless pizza. <laughs> well, they did do that. And they, they did that and they actually advertised it with like a cartoon shot being like, look, mum, I've eaten all my crusts. Right. So you can stop fucking giving me all that jibber jabber about not eating my crusts. And the mum's like, I ordered you this very expensive crust free pizza. Yes. And far be it from me to tell you how to be parenting yourself, child. I'm less than absolutely over the moon <laughs> that you're eating more pizza or less pizza to be honest it's not not really something that we should be talking about but i was told as a child if i didn't eat my crusts my hair would go curly mm, like it yeah, was like a, like a th- a threat like i would have oh, curly no. hair yeah oh no it, they would alter your hairstyle not my perfect non-curled hair because <laughs> obviously i was a very uh a very vain six-year-old yeah and uh, the other one was if i at my crust, I mm. would get a hairy chest. Yes. Which I was told only around six or seven or thereabouts, which is, again, I think there's a very small window when you're a, a boy where the promise of chest hair might sweeten any would-be deal. But I don't think when I'm six, I'm like, oh, chest hair, sign me up. But imagine if you wanted curly chest hair, you'd be fucked. There's no middle Schrodinger's crust, yeah. you know? You know? <laughs> know what to do it's there impossible. like you can't do it <laughs> what you have to do is you have to order a crustless pizza hut yes. pizza and then eat it there you go yeah yeah there you go curly chest hair there is something that has a big like magnetic field or force to it and it has been deliberately buried on the moon four million years ago uh, mate, there's only one magnetic field as far as i'm concerned and that's the uh the main pitch at wembley soccer stadium because <laughs> uh uh, last last time they had a little, a little soccer engagement there, full to the rafters it was. <laughs> Absolutely magnetic, the atmosphere there. Magnetic. Now, there's a little clue as to what we're discovering here, because the same music, mm. can you please do the music, Kevin? I love that Kevin had to sort of physically move around the room to make that effect, and it was very, very impressive. That music is accompanying them as they sort of head down to look at the big monolith here. And also, we do see that it is the creepy monolith, but like, oh, God. Now, if this was as magnetic as they said it was, Mm. I didn't figure that it'd play havoc on some of the old tools that they have there. Hope no one was like, you know, checking their credit card information when they were on this mission. (laughs) And it's incredible to look at. It's fascinating. And they appreciate that, too, because much like in the future, which is now, they take a fucking selfie in front of it basically they're all like come on lads let's have a little picture in front of it and i was filled with dread as they were doing it and then there was like a horrible horrible ringing sound because the sunlight had like hit it and it got all magnetic and we don't see what happened there but something happened we don't even get to see if it made it hot like you would think it would because that I'll tell you one thing about the plinth. It looks like it should get very hot. Well, it's it's pure black, isn't it? It's going to absorb all the heat, right? It's not like reflective. You're, you're walking somewhere on holiday and you see, oh, wow, look at this. I'm going to go hug it. Ah! Uh, 
that? Don't. Yeah, no. Okay, Jupiter mission 18 months later. Well, time for a nice circular jog, I think. Yes. Now, I've written here my exact words. I don't know, man. Some of this stuff is a bit vaguely phallic or even sperm-like. Not even vaguely sperm-like. Get a load of this weird tadpole shit. Now, it's been a while since I watched the film. I can't remember what I was referring to, but I think one of the ships has got a kind of... Yeah, it does. It has a tadpole look to it. I mean, it's got, like, you know, a roundy bit and then a Come shafty on, man, bit. it's all jizz. This film is full of jizz. It's a right, jizz film. Right, 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 Hang on a second now. Yeah. When's the last time you had to look at, like, any kind of aerospace technology? Because I kind of feel like you're saying Stanley Kubrick's obsessed with dicks, and I think all fly guys are to an extent, uh... and he's just going along for the ride. Dicks and jizz, man. It's all dicks and jizz all the way down. That's what I think, and there's dicks nothing wrong with that. Dicks and stones may break <laughs> the movie's bones. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, Kevin, the, you mentioned the circle jogging. Again, yes. don't know how it's done. Looks fucking incredible, man. That's yeah, so he's, he's cool. boxing ghosts yeah. as he runs as well, like, you know. And I was disappointed that we haven't yet got BBC 12, but they've got that in space, haven't they? They've got, they tune into BBC 12, <laughs> which is a nice like, way to predict the future that presumably there will just be more BBC channels as we go on. Presumably, politically, they'll just like be beloved by everyone <laughs> on all sides there'll be no sort of hellscape where everyone thinks there's some sort of a plot right wing and left wing and otherwise no it'll be fine it's good and again you know what good future predicting the video format it's fucking portrait format mate it's, it's like what oh. we all watch on tiktok and instagram isn't it it's all that kind of news and snapchat i love to turn my laptop sideways for a treat <laughs> and pretend it's a big phone so i yes. do Exactly. They're watching a little interview on the news about like, oh, we're hey, we're in space and we're on a mission. And it's Dave and Frank here. And there's three other lads. They're in deep hibernation sleep. They're on ice. They're on ice. And we've got our little robot pal, Hal. Hal 9000. <laughs> little robot pal. He's a lovely little AI lad. And there's no issues with AI as far as I have heard recently. So I'm very polite and I also can't render thumbs. Update. <laughs> I can now render thumbs. Oh no! <laughs> now, Hal is very keen to point out no 9000 computer has ever made a mistake or distorted information. I am incapable mm. of error. And I mean, like, wow! At that point, in my head, I'm like, I know what's happening here. He's going to make an error because otherwise they wouldn't point that out otherwise. Yeah, they're hyping him up like a monster heel who's going to take on Hulk Hogan in the 80s. Yeah. This man is incapable of error, well, Hulk Hogan. Like, <laughs> and also, they, they tried to set up a fucking a rivalry here. Like, oh, hey, Hal, oh. Uh, do you ever get sick of working with these fucking puny humans, mate? And he's like, no, I, no, they're all right. It's nice working with them. I like them. They're trying to like goad him up and make him slag him off. Uh, I I think that Hal is one of I don't know, it feels like it's probably one of the most influential like characters or mm. villains or bits or whatever you want to call it like just the idea of the rogue tech or whatever it is but like uh, it reminds you of the Terminator in the extent that I think people remember him as being a lot bigger part or like because he has yeah. he says probably like twenty things it feels like yeah in the movie. doesn't say much but. Man, talk about like memorable. Like you yes. know, there, there's there every every time he kind of chimes in, it's just a little bit nah. And I kind of feel like every time you've had an AI type character in a movie since, 
Mm. It's either been drawn from this or writers are sat around going, right, how can we make it not this? Because, you know, this is just the kind of yeah, where yeah. all other this characters of this nature are drawn from. Yeah, it's yeah. just the well or whatever it is. And let me tell you, I'm very glad of my birthday recently. I didn't have this creep arranging uh, my birthday call because the birthday call from space. Yeah. The birthday call to space. To space. I don't want to see my parents having a cake without me. No. What's that? But Frank doesn't... Who put you up to this Jimmy Fallon or something like <laughs> that? With the late night house. Oh, we, we ate candy in front of our children and made them cry. Ha 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 We ate a birthday cake when our idiot son was trapped in Jupiter. Ha 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 Frank doesn't really respond to this much. He kind of just coldly watches it. It's a bit strange yeah. that he's kind of jaded about the whole space thing. And Hal chimes in with a little happy birthday, Frank, kind of thing that it, it's just everything about hal is a little bit off in it it's a bit, bit but they don't overplay it right because i mean no no there's lots of sci-fi movies that are about like space madness and people going crazy out there in space or going crazy up there by the space and i always love those stories i think they're mm. can be very great you know vehicle for an actor to show you what they can do or whatever it is yeah but you don't get loads of like mad intense brooding from dave or cuts to him kind of oh he's cracking it's just like he's a bit bored and his job albeit spectacular seeming for us in the 1960s yes is still quite a mundane exercise and it's more about kind of keeping himself sane i like how understated it all is yeah i remember when i first saw this i was like this hal guy was going on it seems lovely why is everyone giving him a hard time He's trying to keep it moved up a bit at least. He's no Dave, but you know. No, I've realised you're right. There's a little bit of a focus on kind of the mundanity of yes. a lot of this and the the hal's eye view with the kind of fisheye lens you see it from his perspective is like one of those fucking smart doorbells that's all connected to everything that you own it's quite you know quite a good prediction as well it's really good the mission doesn't work out because i think technically if they did arrive at jupiter amazon would own it you know, as it works with those doorbells it's a little bit of a grey area legally as far as I'm concerned let me tell you playing Hal in chess where he's like knight to queen four I've won Dave it's like playing you in Mario Kart basically (laughs) you know I have finished the race would you like another (laughs) Kevin famously stopped playing Mario Kart with me because it was not fun anymore Luigi has crossed the finish line (laughs) In first position. Now, you know what, Sam? Mm. You're talking about a man you played when he was a man with the the mind of a boy. Yeah. But now, I'm the boy with the mind of a man. You ready for the rematch? I've got... uh, Sam, it's been so long since then. I know. We went through two platform. We've had another platform come out since then. But still the same game. (laughs) But still the same game. Technically still Barrio Kart 8. Look, we'll have another go. I need to beat you, Sam, more than than you could ever imagine. (laughs) Because literally, I've done it all. I've done it all. I've went on and I've I've gotten all the time trials. I've got Gold Mario. I've been online. I've come first online. I've used hours of the night when only Japanese people were playing, right? Right. I've done it all. I need to beat you. It's like when The Rock was leaving wrestling to go to Hollywood. If I beat you, I can finally play another game is what I'm saying. Fair enough. Let's make it happen at some point for charity. The next episode, (laughs) my podcast host is going to be Goldberg. And then we're really going to get into some fucking movies. All right. Now, Kevin, Hal, he's asking Dave about whether he has any doubts about the mission. And then is like... Oh, the paranoia, man. Yeah. 
And then it's like, oh, I found a fault on this unit. Something's gone wrong with it. We need to need to fix it. We have to go fix the very precariously placed, very dangerous object, Dave. And my God, the kind of going through corridors with the heavy breathing sounds is uh, oh, baby, yeah. Love that. I love. I love all the kind of the shots from like the doors opening and all yeah. that. I think it says a lot that like it's coming up on a week since you and I have seen this movie. Yeah, oh, I remember all of and it. Yet yeah, the visuals are in there. They're in there a lot more strongly than the second season of Below Deck Sailing Yacht have been. Even though I was watching that at the same time. Well, quite. It, we we see one of our favorite, and I'm speaking for both of us here. Favorite sci-fi vehicles. A little circular pod. You know, a little yes. round little spherical pod. Looking like 2004's most eligible webcam it was. <laughs> Look at that big rain thing. Looks like the logo from Jetix. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so that they're off to replace this broken thing. Oh, this is something I right, I yeah. hate I hate fixing things and I hate vacuums. So this is basically my nightmare. Yeah. And I kind of feel like there's a lot of movies where and a lot of series where it's like the whole crux of it is like someone has to go out and fix a thing in space. Yeah. I hate it. Hate it's that. horrible. Never ask me to do anything in a vacuum. I will refuse. But Kevin, and this whole scene takes loads of time. And again, it's that kind of relaxing well not i mean in this case there's a kind of dread to it oh yeah this is this is panic attack on film is what this is it's letting the tension brew there is nothing wrong with the unit that hal asked them to repair it's fine why don't you go repair yourself hal huh so hal's like well okay i am incapable of failure so something's gone wrong here put it back let it fail and then we'll repair it because it is going to fail because i can't be wrong and the, mm. the human lads they have a little chat with the guy back on base who's sort of saying, guys, we think there might be a little bit of a problem with Hal here. Like, We know there's a problem with your Hal because we've spoken to top Hal Brass, yeah. a.k.a. Or Hal, and Or Hal says that you're, Or Hal says you're Hal shit, mate. You yeah. Know? But I got a Dreamcast too. No, no, no. Nah. That's not the one that my uncle said, though. <laughs> that's not the, that's, that one can't go online. You can't, you, you can't play Fantasy Star online with my friend in France <laughs> now. So, no. You should return it. Hal's defense, fair enough, is literally like, couldn't be me. Like, this must be human error, lads. Like, there's that no. That seems like a you problem, Dave. <laughs> there is, there is simply no way. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna try that. The old incapable of fault defense. Yeah. Let me see if that'll work out. You know, you know, return a dish at a restaurant. What's wrong here? Well, I'm incapable of fault, so. So there you go. Sort it out. I will eat the dish and allow my lower intestine to fail. And then we will replace the meal. <laughs> the two lads, their plan here, very unsubtly, is like, hey, let's have a little trip out in the pod and definitely not... <laughs> pointing at him. Like, and definitely not talk behind Hal's <laughs> stupid back. And they're like, Hal, mate, rotate the pod so you don't look at us. You can see him in the background, like, watching them. And he is literally a static object, but the fucking creepiness... And the and the paranoia from him, you feel all of it. It's like it's fucking it's creepy. You clocked that he was reading the lips straight away, did you? Well, I I got the sense that he's like he knows something's up. He's figuring things out. The problem yeah. is they heard incapable of fault, and they thought, oh, therefore incapable of reading lips as well. <laughs> no, 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 no. And they they sense that something's up with Hal, but they're still like, okay, well, let's put this thing back and see if it fails if it doesn't fail then that pretty much wraps it up here guys hal's fucked we have here sam basically is 
a grubby backroom deal, mm. right, that was made. Yes. A grubby backroom deal that was made with astronauts. And quite frankly, it's called what they are, the Anti-Hal Coalition. That's yeah. what this was, all right? That's all it was. And we got an intermission then in the movie, which I thought, very Honest nice. To goodness, intermission. Thank you. Yeah, love that. You know what? You, you looked at your movie and you went, you know what? They could do with that. And I made a bloody cup of tea, oh, so I did. Lovely stuff. Yeah. Now, there we are. Darren Brown slash Stanley Kubrick was tricking me again because I couldn't tell Ooh. whether the creepy music in the background with the black screen is still part of the movie or part of the intermission. I wasn't sure. Or it could have been that existential ice cream van that's been going around Nottingham. <laughs> even though there was an intermission, I just sat there the whole time. I didn't. I just stayed in it, you know? Right, so bear in mind, right, second half of this movie that he's reviewing, yeah. he's done it without a cup of tea. All well, right? you say second half. I mean, that intermission comes probably about two-thirds of the way through it, yeah, if, not, if not a bit true. more. Like, it's kind of, it's quite a late intermission. That is also the point where I woke up, my first watched this movie, that was the point where I woke up my dad. It was it was actually, it's, it was useful there as well. If you're watching it with someone else who, who might mm. fall asleep, the intermission's a good time to be, look, we're getting back into it now. Yeah. Here we go. When is a good time to wake someone up if they've fallen asleep during a fucking Marvel movie? Just stay sleeping. You'll dream something better. (laughs) Exactly. So, Frank is out there putting the thing back, but the escape pod is kind of being a bit weird. Oh, it's, it's almost like it's got a mind of its own. There's a horrible sharp zoom in on Hal and Frank has been cut loose, but it's that kind of silent cut loose. Because it's in space. Same cut loose is like he's been fired. Well, like, you know, kind of. From, uh, from you know, life. Frank, we got we, we got to cut you loose, basically. Uh, you're using too much oxygen. We can't have you being alive anymore. So, yeah. yeah. It, it is with regret. <laughs> it is with regret. <laughs> you're cut loose. Yeah, I was trying to scream and avoid there. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's, very good it's silent. The, the audio, but always freaks me out. Mm. Vacuum of space. Yeah. Reminds me of when I was a young idiot watching like Firefly and being like, the, it's broken, it's gone quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Remember your science book. Oh. oh, yeah. And Dave's like, hey, how, what, what's going on here? I'm sorry, Dave. I don't have enough information. When he's being asked what's going on and, oh. Uh, Oh, politician's God. answer is what that is. Yeah. It's a politician's answer. It's a simple yes or no question, mate. Dave, I'm simply focused on getting a great trip to Jupiter for the people of Earth. That's, getting it done. That's what it's all about. Getting yeah. it done, you know? Um, Dave's out there trying to rescue his friends. Um, now, none of the effects in this feel bad at all, ever. But sometimes the, the physical space of the special effects doesn't feel perfect. Like, they're kind of... okay scale and size of it but it just it's still fucking amazing and just feels so good that there was only is there, one is there a bit in particular that that kind of stood out to you then? i think it's where dave's in the pod trying to get to frank yes and it just it looks a little bit not off but just different in terms of realism but i did but it doesn't just detract from any of this at all that was the only noted like oh this is the one thing where i'm like slightly oh 
Oh yeah, it's uh, it, this is from the fucking six. This is from the sixties. Some reminders, don't My you? You God. need one or two in there. Yeah, and sure, as they always say, when the cat's away, the mice will have a big old play. So they will. And mm. in this case, when Dave was away, Hal had a play at killing all the people in hibernation, and they're all dead now. Yeah. Oops! All corpses. Edition trip to Jupiter. Oh no! Computer malfunction. Life functions critical. Life functions terminated. Aaron, now would you open the pod? doors hell now quit being a feckin idiot and open them now go on now open them open the pod are uh, sure dave now look i can't be doing that i'm not opening them pod bay doors are you mad there we go the famous quote look the fonts on the screen when they're saying computer malfunction life function critical beautiful apparently that computers at that time couldn't render in that quality so this was like i, I don't know just there's so much detail that makes it look wait like so this was like actually like not a digital rendering. No. This would have been an actual yeah paint, a uh, painting, painting or I don't a, know. a graphic or whatever you Something want to call it. Just oh, the detail. Joe accurately predicted you'd like that font. Yes, loved that font. Both of you yeah. graphic design freaks deserve moments like this in in movies because yes. what else would you have? So the little view of Dave in his pod with the red light is great. Oh yeah, and he doesn't seem to be stressing too much but maybe he just doesn't want to let on to how that he's freaking out because you kind of so would be. this is the thing right that is also inaccurate about most movies set in space is that you get into space you have to be like a fucking joyless absolute unemotional prick basically yeah yeah, yeah. they're not gonna let you up there unless you've got the cold heart of a handsome killer and sure. that's exactly what dave is well there we go so how is he's, he's like look i knew that you and frank were planning to disconnect me so I had to do what I had to do here. And at this whole time I was cheering Dave on. Yeah. I was like, look, jettison the corpses. It's clobbering time, all right? Use your ancestral knowledge and enter the bone zone and fuck this robot up. Yeah, well, he he has to go... You don't th- mess with meat, Hal. You don't mess with meat. He has to go through the emergency airlock, which I think is like the ship's bum. He has to go in in through that to get in. Literally every shot here is like, I don't know, iconic or whatever you want to call it, because I feel like you could take any shot from this like whole 10-minute sequence, yeah. give me a freeze frame, and I'd happily have it on the wall. Yes. Bonus points if it's in an all-white room. Oh, it's, it's oh. just... <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. Oh, God. I put in my notes here, uh, Portal owes a whole fucking lot to this film, Jesus Christ. You know, the whole GLaDOS stuff and the, you know, the Portal games. But Hal never sang, did no, they? Huh? No. And Hal never made it onto Rock Band 2, did no. they? No. So, no. so mm. actually, fuck that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> right. The scene, the scene in the emergency hatch bit, initially with no sound bright red and then all of the vacuum air coming through was just i i keep saying incredible and amazing but it was both of those things it's just like thrilling stuff in this film oh yeah oh god i like you know what actually happens here it's not like this big kind of final battle no it's just he's just got back in you know very slowly goes in and starts like i'm gonna take all your bits out now hal yeah please don't do that dave all right, Dave, no, for fuck's sake. So as he comes in and the camera work becomes that kind of over-the-shoulder handheld shot, that is so good because that is like the opposite of what this film has felt like so far. It's all very like precisely placed. And, and grand and whatnot. Whereas geometric now you feel, and, and you're it's like rattling around in this yeah. small little box. Oh, 
so good. And then Hal being like, I feel better now. I'm I'm fine. Please don't unplug all of my fucking Are, are you, you feeling better? Here is sure Hal. Will you give, give us a tune, sure? Go on now. Huh? <laughs> Why don't you have a party piece? You want to take that out there? Ara, uh, I, I suppose I will. I should be so lucky. <laughs> lucky, lucky, lucky. I should be so lucky now. I mean... It was haunting. I like this. It was really haunting. Those beautiful glowing cassette tapes that he has to take out. Hal saying that he's afraid. My mind is going. I mean, fuck me. And you know what is crazy about this? That you have to go through this every single time you accidentally unplug your PlayStation. (laughs) And you have to do the whole thing. Repair it, I'm dying. Daisy, 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 Daisy. I feel better. Yeah, 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 come on. Yeah, wow. I mean, that's just just stunning, that whole sequence. And then, once we've unplugged Hal, and he's been like, I can feel things, my mind's going, I want to sing a song, I'm a sad little boy robot, we get the weird pre-recorded message from Haywood Floyd from before saying... Hey, you've completed the mission. The actual mission is to in- investigate this monolith. And I'm like, was the purpose of the space thing was how like part of I don't know. Like, huh? Cuz it triggered that video. I don't know. Mad, brilliant. And now, okay, here we go. It's a uh, Jupiter and beyond the infinite Sam. Yes. It's a nice little little place I like to call the edge of fucking reality. This is just uh, straight up monolith is what we're doing here, folks. Yeah. He approaches Jupiter. You see another like giant monolith kind of go orbiting around. Yeah, it lies somewhere in between an animation and a graphic and a real thing. It yeah. kind of defi- and like when it turns a certain way, it's complete blackness. It kind of like I don't know. I mean, I don't know enough about film to understand it, but it kind of makes me kind of go like, is this just the type of thing that was like really hard to do, and that's why it wasn't really done before or since? Because he sh- like this isn't oh the fortieth anniversary special Blu-ray where they no, made is, it look nice. It just looks it like, like this. this. Yeah, wowzers! I think the reason why it looks like this and still looks good is because it was all done in camera. Like all the effects are practical effects so you can scale them up and they still look phenomenal like the trippy light show reflecting in the helmet it's it's like the wildest printer test page you ever seen man yeah all the colors hypnotizing horrifying and beautiful i wrote in my notes i feel embarrassed to be 31 and only just discovering this (laughs) (laughs) that's like that's the sweet thing I've been waiting because you've never yeah. admitted embarrassment. Like this yeah. is 104 episodes, and he finally felt embarrassed about not seeing a movie. Yes, I should have watched this before. There was one bit of this trippy visual spectacular that felt a little bit like uh, Windows Media Player visualizers. I, th- I think I know the bit. Yeah. yeah, but only a tiny bit, and that's fine. I used to have like a recurring nightmare when I was a young teen right. that was like this. Where I would feel like trapped in this infinite loop of like rolling planes of just horrible. Oh God, yeah. And like I remember, like I was watching this going like, oh, that's just like that dream I used to have. And then it was like five seconds later, I was like, wait, I had that dream like five years before I saw this movie, and that's made me like go like, like Stanley Kubrick's ghost implanted the seed of a horrible dream in my head, and then it was actualized. Yeah. 50 years before. Yeah. There's a dreamlike feeling to this. There's a almost it's hallucinogenic and kind of 
bizarre. The inverted colorized landscapes, the kind of helicopter shots of like landscapes, and they're all kind of like chemical looking and inverted. I, I was thinking, would Kubrick have liked drones, do you think? in terms of camera work i think he would have found some way to do something mad with with i'm sure there's an unfinished kubrick drone project (laughs) out there that we never got around to spielberg will take the mantle and deliver it over the line eventually i was interested to know this point because i know we've only done like one david lynch movie i think Uh, but it's kind of something similar (laughs) where it's like but when you're being presented with stuff where it's like, wow, it's like, it's very engaging, but mm. you're not necessarily like, but like, ah, yes, this thing that's happening right now, I know what's happening here. This is in relation to this. Like, did you find yourself at this moment giving pause and be like, wait, what is actually happening? Where are they going? What's like, what is what I'm seeing? Or is it, did it, did it, did it take you on that journey? Because I think the first time you watch this, I know people who have watched this and they were like, well, what's going on here then? You know, where is he going? What's, yeah. Where, no. What are all them lights? I again, it was the case of like very early on in this last act here, which is kind of a grand finale. I felt like I'm going on a journey here. I'm going to let it take me where it wants to take me, and not think too deeply about what we're seeing. We we don't really have a uh, satisfying explanation. Let's just say of no. What- strictly happens here and we've mentioned people who have ripped off some of the whole vibe from bits of this film wholesale and you said david lynch there and when we get trapped in this weird room i was like the white room come on david lynch you've just you've just nicked that for your little (laughs) your little telly show oh i'm just saying but i mean (laughs) little little telly telly show I'll have you know that is one of the greatest little telly shows of all time, all right? It's no loss. Granted, it's not a big, fancy production like Lost. No. All right? It's a big, it's... big TV show. The little pod thing, the escape pod, is in this fancy white bedroom that's got like a light-up floor. Dave is there. He's looking all wrinkly. There's a bathtub bit. I can't quite remember the bathtub bit. I just wrote something to do with Kubrick and fucking bathtubs because I remembered the bit from The Shining. Old man, even older man Dave, sitting in a little chair, eating his dinner, and then the oldest old man Dave in bed... So it's kind of like this weird quantumy thing. I'm using that word correctly. Yeah. Where you, you like know, he he looks over, he sees a version of himself, and then as soon as he's clocked him, he is that version he becomes of himself. That. Yeah. And he just goes through stages until he's like the oldest man and the almost as old as Rupert Murdoch lying in bed <laughs> with a giant plinth in front of him. And Dave is getting married again, which is very nice. <laughs> That's yeah, very good, Dave. Uh, to a plinth. Yes. And the plinth is sitting in the room, it's just in there. And we zoom into it, and then a little giant floaty baby, like a fetus, looking over the earth, I think. (laughs) Fuck me, that was so good. Jesus Christ. Um, Wow. Do you want to know what happened? Because I do have an explanation of sorts. Do you? That helps. Go on, then. Yeah, what's happened? Where he is is like a it's like an intergalactic zoo. Uh, the, the the monoliths, this kind of ancient alien beacon civilization, right. have trapped him in, and basically Dave is just living out the rest of his days in a fancy zoo, and then yeah. he is reborn and reassembled as Superman. Right, as okay. in this baby you see is like this kind of like fucking super ah, baby, this hyper but space then- child. 
But the thing is, right, that's from the book, okay? Yeah. And I know there, there was like an interview with Kubrick from like Young's back or whatever that was kind of unearthed five or six years ago. And it's like, oh, he actually mentions this is, oh, by the way, this is, it's kind of like a, an observation deck thing that he's in. But it's one of those things where it's like, you're telling me what it is, but you're not telling me what the fuck is going on. And yeah. I kind of feel like, I know there is a sequel. And I know that on Cinema Swill, we've had a little bit of a time looking at disappointing sequels. Yes. But all I'll say is, there's not a whole lot of chatter about 2010 that goes on these in these worlds that we all no. live in. And I would have a bell of a ball having a look at that and seeing them trying to follow up this and that ending and be like, that's right, back at it again. Dave is a giant embryo and so, oh, we're, we're spaking now, baby. I've had a little Google. I don't think 2010 is supposed to like stink. No, it's oh, sorry, not sting. I guess yeah. more that it was a failure. Sure, yeah. Like you can't follow this. Love of God, why did you follow this? You I know? would be fascinated to see what they tried to do to make a sequel to this because it seems like you couldn't do it. I've heard that in you know, the past where it's, you know, like Westworld's one of my favorite movies and there's a sequel yeah. to that called Future World. And I've never watched it, not because it's like, it's not meant to be like fucking horrible, but it adds a little bit of lore to the world and all that. I'm like, well, that's interesting. And I kind of feel like this movie has got all this lore here if you want it. But that's like the ninth most important or impressive thing about the movie. Everything yeah. else, like the shoes are more important to me well, than yeah, like what right. actually happened at the end. I don't know how you get that feeling at the end where it's like, I don't know, but I'm satisfied. So the <laughs> you know? way I watched this and what I wanted is much like when I saw the effect of like the walking around in a circle or, or jogging around in the circle. Like I ju it just felt magic and I don't want to know how it's done. I don't want to find out more about like what got us to this point. I just want to, There's it's obviously open to so much interpretation, but it's also contained. And I think you've told, it, well, I don't even know if you can call it a story. It's an experience. I mean that in a good way. Stanley Kubrick says it's a happening. Yeah, it was a happening. And also the fact that there's a big baby at the end tied into my whole fucking reproduction thing and I, w I will genuinely send you some screenshots of bits that I thought oh, were, sure. were sexual in nature and I don't think that's unreasonable tweet me if you thought that that film was sexual not sexy sexual I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you I was simply saying that that didn't, you didn't occur it didn't to hit me you. No. whatsoever but as you can tell from our discourse I was concerned with much more important things throughout the watching of this movie yeah yeah because it wasn't my first time but it was your no. first time. And I think that in terms of a, you know, I mean, it's got to be up there, right? This has been pretty much nonstop glowing praise with the caveat of like genuinely, all kidding aside, something really fucking horrible and shit that happened to you. And the fact that you yeah. still have this like very big smile on your face, but yeah. you're still in pain about still in that. Pain. Just the memory of this movie from nearly a week ago was strong enough to still be making you feel glowing about it. That's That's got to be a first. Yeah, I want to watch it again now, is the thing. And I, and I watched this on a big telly 4K, nice restoration of it, and I'm glad that I did. I want to watch it at the cinema. Like, I, I, I'm annoyed that I hadn't watched this sooner and decided, oh, this is like, you know, my fucking... F I, I almost said favourite film there, is what I nearly said. Really? Like, I imagined it might have been had I watched it right. at a certain time. And it may it may become that, but there's recency bias, you know? I know yeah. there's recency bias, but I also know as well that a kind of a side effect somewhat of this, of this series is that mm. while we have introduced you to a lot of 
a lot of movies, 104 at last count. Yeah. On the same token, it's not as if very often those movies, even the ones that you've really enjoyed, where it's like, I'm going to go back and watch Rocky again, or I'm going to watch Big Lebowski again. I know there's been a couple where you have revisited them, but generally speaking, you know, they've not broken through to be like, here's the thing that I want to watch regularly or go back to. But I feel like this is one of those movies where maybe it's because it's a little bit inscrutable or because yeah. it's so lovely to look at or so calm. It's rated G as well which i think is wild it is whoa okay i guess technically yeah yes yeah Yeah. guy dying in a void is pretty scary yeah you know mild peril (laughs) dying in a vacuum there's no blood and guts apart from the monkeys and there's nothing overtly sexual and that was just all puppets and stew me as well yeah exactly yeah i I mean you've heard me throughout this whole thing just talk about how beautiful and mind-blowing and relaxing and meditative and immersive does it make you want to seek out any of his other movies or revisit some of the ones that you have seen because we did do the shining very early on and we did do full metal jacket as well i know a lot of what you've talked about here in terms of how it looks and and whatnot a lot of that is in like particularly the shining as well i think it's it's in in a lot of those movies that maybe you weren't keeping your eye out for it but i would say if you've enjoyed this as much as i think you have i think we've got a five wiper on our hands folks but i would say you'd want to be checking out some of those those classics again i think yeah the the shining would be well worth a rewatch for you it makes me want to watch the shining again it makes me want to watch a clockwork orange again which i have seen before cinema swell and and weirdly it kind of makes me want to watch eyes wide shut uh, which is a, which is a whole other thing. I, I've Tom never seen that. Cruise swirl, baby. Can Mission Impossible save the day again? Or yeah. will we be closing our eyes wide shut? Oh my! So you know, I, yes, I want to revisit Kubrick stuff because I mean, just wow, wow, wowie! What a film! What what a time! A movie so good it inspired a conspiracy theory that persists to this day. Yeah, yeah, just incredible no negatives for me i don't think no nags no only posies yeah on that note sam i'm gonna have to ask you for your star wipe rating please for 2001 a space odyssey five star wipes thank you (laughs) (laughs) you heard it here first Thanks for listening to another episode of Cinema Swell. This episode was produced by Kevin, edited by me, Sam, and I also did the music. If you want to support the show, then patreon.com forward slash cinemaswell is the way to go. If you want to follow us on the socials, we're at cinemaswell on Twitter and facebook.com forward slash cinemaswell on Facebook, which is where our votes for episodes take place. If you've got questions, queries, comments, or anything else for the mailbag, then send it on over to cinemaswirl at gmail.com. That's cinemaswirl at gmail.com. Please do keep recommending the show to your friends if you think they'll like it, or even if you don't think they'll like it, just recommend it anyway. All right, we'll see you next time. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>